This episode of Bush Breakaway is brought to you by DoorDash. That's right, DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving to your door right now. DoorDash is super easy to use. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, order your food, and it'll be delivered to your door safely. Uh, seriously, I use DoorDash all the time. Every single Friday night, my wife and I, we do date night. We order out. We pick something fun within the uh, community. We kind of try and randomize it. We'll sometimes roll a D20, real nerdy, and pick a random restaurant and just order from there. It's super easy. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0 delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BSB. That's $5 off and $0 delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BSB. Don't forget, that's code BSB for for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, fun show today. Talking about... uh, Craft stop going back. A lot of five star questions. Thank you so much for those. That's you know always a pleasure for us to answer those. And then also our good friend Arvin comes on to talk Maple Leafs and possible trades we make. So uh, with that all being said, let's get to the show. And here's Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Week of the Bushes Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm also here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Gregory, say hello. So, mm-hmm. all the talk, I, there's always been a lot of talk about how did the NHL allow the Vegas Golden Knights to get so good so early, right? It, it, we, how many times have you heard that story? It's been two years, and they're immediately incredible. I mean, the Florida Panthers have a lot to do with that, don't they? Uh, they have a lot to do with that. Riley Smith and Jonathan so they're not stars, but they make hockey teams better. And the Panthers, it's just great that the Panthers, Riley Smith was the guy the Panthers used so they wouldn't draft someone else. Pretty incredible. And the other guy is now in the minor leagues for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I've been thinking a lot because the only other example of not immediate greatness, but almost immediate greatness in terms of expansion the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I've been trying to think and compare those two teams. The difference is the Golden Knights were immediately good. They were immediately a playoff team. Whereas Finals contender. the 1998 Arizona Diamondbacks kind of by design were still bad. They only won 65 games. But you could see that they were laying the groundwork for things that just made them entirely different. And did you know, as a, as a Rays fan, Ryan, yes, yes. did you know that Bobby Abreu was drafted by the Devil Rays. I saw your tweet today. I did not know that. I think, I think way back when I did, because the funny thing is this all goes back to the Astros. And it's, it's so weird to think about those Astros teams were so good in the late nineties, early two thousands that they're the only organization where they could lose Johan Santana in a rule five draft and Bobby Abreu in an expansion draft. And be draft. totally fine. And be totally, and for the most part, be totally fine. Yeah. Well, the Knights yeah. right now are just, just stacked, man. Just imagine with Johan and Bobby Abreu. That's unfair. Yeah, it is unfair. But even getting back to the Golden Knights, like what they did against Vancouver this week, which is a team I think I think very highly of, by the way, and I think a team's going to be a competitor for a very long time. Like they, I know it's only been one game, but they stopped them. It was like a massacre. And uh, stop, stop them with some just first-class shit-talking. Because the the Golden Knights are doing the thing which I love the most, where their shit talking almost doesn't make any sense, which is <laughs> double. 
it's double the the psychological warfare. It is because you're like, what, what, why, why are you calling Quinn Hughes the Water Boy? That doesn't make any sense. Which is why it makes perfect sense if you're the Golden Knights. It is pretty funny, man. Like the whole thing it's amazing. is, is, amazing. is great. You don't have to call people derogatory terms to get in their fucking heads. Just call them something. Call them something that doesn't make any sense at all, or just like compliment them to death. And the other team will be like, "What the what fuck is are you happening?" About? I'm very happy for the Vegas fans because obviously they didn't have another sports team until the Knights showed up, and they'll have the Raiders pretty soon at this point. But this team has been a blast for them the first two years. I mean, even the drama over the weekend with the uh, with the sword, the sword picture, the sword through the chest from uh, oh my god, oh that my is god. my new favorite way to demand a trade. I don't, <laughs> my man. I, I, I did a pretty good job. I, I've had a lot of personal life stuff come up, and I've been put in charge of, like, way too much stuff at work. Like, I, now I'm the head of operations, marketing, and sales, and they we're going through everything too much. So I tried to stay off Twitter most of the weekend to clear my brain and, you know, not get through the, the social media-ness of it. But to log on just for a second and see everybody I know, everybody I know, retweeting a picture of Mark Andre Flurry with a sword through his chest, I was like, what is happening? What? What what is going? Is this what I think it is? And it was Greg. It was. Yeah, I. From now on, if you if you are demanding a trade, that's how you have to do it. You need you need you need to find someone who's good with graphics. Uh, maybe maybe a touch of Photoshop, and you need you need to get medieval with it. That's the only thing I want. And the 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 slight touch to put DeBoer's name on the sword really <laughs> sent that over the edge. <laughs> So good. All right. All right. Who are we doing that with? That's my question on the Rangers. Who are we putting in sports well, I, No, 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 no. We can't decide. The player has to decide he's had a fucking enough. Okay. And he has to ask out. It would be – it would – I I mean, it doesn't work for the Mets because they hired everyone's agent to run the team. That's and it doesn't work for the Knicks for the same reason. That too. Uh, but imagine imagine that's how teams also start announcing trades. I Like instead love of it. the boring tweets, they start doing it. Like, in gift form? I, I, I feel like if the Knights win the Cup, which I think is a strong possibility, and they might even be the... Are they the favorite right now? Because they they should be. Um, uh, I doubt they're the favorite. Because Boston or Tampa Bay? The Avalanche? I don't know. Avalanche are down I, one nothing. Maybe but, they are. I don't... I would say I would say Boston is probably the favorite because there's just so... Like, Boston has reached a level of good that's boring, whereas the Golden Knights, it's still a little fun and exciting. And I think people, in the, when you think of the Western playoffs, it's hard to ignore everything the Avalanche are currently doing. So maybe you're not quite thinking about the Golden Knights as much as you should. But I, I, I there's an easy answer to this. We could easily look it up. My yep. gut just says Boston's the favorite. All right, maybe. But I, I do, I do wish they, if they do win the cup, I imagine they will do something funny with the sword in the cup. Their, their social media team is top notch. Um, we've gotten five minutes at this point, pretty much talking absolutely no Rangers. Mostly that's because. There's not that much news. Um, we can talk about Vitaly Kravtsov real quick, and I think this is a really simple conversation for us, Gregory. Despite, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, it, if you guys, it's not just Ryan. It's not just fine. It's actually the best possible outcome. Correct. If you are out there and you haven't heard yet, Vitaly Kravtsov is getting loaned uh, to a KHL team where he'll be playing until the NHL starts back up, and then at that time, if the Rangers want to recall him, they can. That's it. Yeah. So the dude's going to play more hockey when there's no hockey to be played. And I did see some people tweeting about this, like should should the Rangers do the exact same thing with Kako? And I, I go the other way, and maybe you'll maybe you'll disagree with me on this, Gregory. But I don't think you should lend Kako back at this point because 
one of the things that really bothered him last year, and it was very obvious when coming back in the playoff games that were very quick three games for us, but Kako's legs were back underneath him. The last thing I want to do is wear him out again this year, and he's going to have to play 82 games. I'm sure you you saw the new uh, bubble proposals for next season already, or some of the initial talks, but if you're if Kako's going to play 82 games, I want him to be fresh, so I don't, I don't really want to lend him yet again. Or, or no, rather, with- again, not again, but for the first time, rather. There, there's there's a significant difference in terms of what Kako yeah. needs right now and what Kravtsov needs right now. Both of them struggled in their respective leaves, leagues the previous year. The difference is Kravtsov needs to continue to get games. It's the only way his game's going to improve. Many, if not all, of Kako's struggles can be tied to the fact that he's played too much, and the dude needs a break. The there's a, it, we're not the only ones to think it. It's Probably got some truth rooted in it. A big reason why Kabakako looked like one of the best Rangers on the ice is because he was afforded four months off that he probably wasn't expected to get. And he he needed it. The dude had played almost nonstop hockey for 18 months leading up to when the pause finally happened. So with Kako, it it feels different. Not not just because he needs the rest, but also because he has time with the Rangers a full season or as close to a full season as you can get with this specific coaching staff. Kravtsov is in a just completely different situation for me. That dude just needs to play. And if if he's going to be comfortable playing at home, it's for the team and the coach that he had his most success with leading up to him signing an entry-level contract with the Rangers. It's also easy to forget the kid's just 20. 21 years old. Like, I think he's 20 um, because I saw, I think this was your tweet or was a hockey stat miner. I think, by the way, shout out to hockey stat miner, taking some time off Twitter. My favorite Twitter follow. I hope he's doing well and all that stuff, but I think he's, yeah, he, he broke, he, he, we were exchanging DMS today because I, I was trying to bribe him to come on the podcast to talk hypotheticals with us. Uh, we should mention that our good friend Arvin is back on the show today from bench plan puppets. Love Arvin. We talk a lot about the shit going on with the Leafs, what we can expect in the off season, the questions, they have to answer. And not only that, that what, gem. what the Rangers could maybe get away from the, the Toronto Maple Leafs if we're trading yeah. partners, which was what, which is part yeah. of our series is what we're doing now. Um, yeah, Arvin, absolute gem. If you guys don't follow him, I can't recommend it enough. For Love sure. that guy. And we're going to uh, have the Evolving Wild on soon, a new partner with Cop Friendly. That's pretty uh, yeah. nice. So, That's going to anger some people. Some people who really hate math are really going to hate Yeah, that. people who hate math, uh, is, or they're freaking out right now. But that's super cool. But, uh, I, I love that they did that. Can't wait to talk to them. But yeah, it, Kravtsov is a child. And I think I, I think it was actually oh, I uh, a friend the, of the show, Sam Stern. I forgot to make yeah, the point. Maybe it was, it was Sam Stern. He was the only teenager to play in the AHL last year, or in the Hartford Wolfpack last year was, was Vitaly Kravtsov. That's it. Well, not, not just that. Sam Stern did a good job of breaking down um, – how many years it took after a Russian prospects draft year to make an impact in the NHL. It's like the Rangers were asking Kravtsov to do something that Kucherov couldn't do, that Panarin couldn't do, that Buchnevich couldn't do. For whatever reason, it takes longer for Russians to develop. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. I am not going to sit here and make Pretend. up a reason yeah. out of my ass. It's but – for whatever reason, Russians, it just takes longer. And you just have to be patient. And it is what it is. But the Rangers were trying to ask Kravtsov to do something that very few, if any, Russian stars have ever been able to do. So if going back to Russia is going to help his game and help him improve in the long term, and hell, man, if he wants to stay in Russia the entire year, I just, 
Yep. None of us reacted to when Niels Lundqvist upped in Sweden for another year. And they were drafted the same year. Same year. It's true. And Lundqvist is the universal number one prospect in the Rangers system, not named Lafreniere. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Well, Lafreniere is going to be a Ranger. Lock it up. I, you see all this, uh, this, this nonsense that's like, would the Rangers trade the number one overall pick? No, my man. Yeah. And especially not to Montreal. Especially. We, we've done this. We, we talked about this almost immediately after the Rangers got the pick. Yep. What you would have to give up to get the number one pick from the Rangers almost makes trading for the number one pick not worth it. Like, what, who, who was the team du jour today? It was the Canadians, right? Canadians uh, all over the place. Yeah. Are the Canadians going to trade Kotkaniemi, Suzuki, two first-round picks, and another or two second-round picks as well? Why would they do that? Would you say yes to that? I don't know if I would. Probably not. Yeah, that's but weird, like, but that, that's the thing. Like that's that's the trade offer you have to give the Rangers for them to consider, and it still probably isn't enough. But if you're also the Montreal Canadiens, why are you doing that trade? Why are you trading two NHL caliber centermen right now, two first round picks, and more picks on top of that to get a winger? Feels silly. What are you doing? Yeah, it's silly. Feels silly. Yeah, but, we're gonna we'll, we'll do this we'll do this every week. But we we've said it once. We'll say it again. The trade offers you'd have to come up with to get the Rangers to say yes are trade offers no team is going to want to offer. Yeah, it's I would simple. I would consider the three five plus to Chuck, maybe. Yeah, but again, in what world would the Senators never a legitimate chance they the Senators walk away from this draft with Quinton Byfield and Lucas Raymond? Man, that's a fun core. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So and you have Brandstrom. You have Kachuk. Yeah. I, I I don't understand why, if you're the Senators, you'd ever consider trading up to number one, considering what you'd have to give up to do it. I don't know. But anyway, just to, to close the chapter on, on Kravstov, not upset at all. If he wants to stay over the whole year, feel free. Um, I think it was pretty funny to watch people react that way. The, we're not competing next year. The Rangers roster is likely going to be very similar. Are they cup contenders? I don't know. Does Igor get hot when he gets to the playoffs? Such a trope, but it's true. Can the offense sustain itself? Can we play better defense? Well, I don't know. I don't even think it. I don't even think it's about the Rangers being competitive next year. I don't think that matters at all. the The bigger question is where the fuck is Kraftsov going to play for the Rangers? Good question. Well, who's who? Of the right wings, the New York Rangers have right now. Kako is he getting he the Buchnevich, Kako, Gauthier? Yep. He's not getting time over either of those three. And we haven't even mentioned. Oh, by the way, what the Rangers are going to do with Jesper Fast? Yep. So like. I'm not worried about Vitaly Kravtsov playing fourth-line minutes for David Quinn next year. Yeah, seven minutes just a night. I'd rather him just play in Russia until he feels like he's I don't, a much better I don't player. think he'll end up spending the entire year in Russia. But again, we know that the AHL isn't starting until December. It is August if, 24th if right now. it starts, by the way, the AHL. Yeah, and the, K, the KHL is starting in a couple of weeks. Should the KHL be starting in a couple of weeks? Probably not. I highly doubt that Russia has any kind of con- control on what the fuck's going on. But guess what? At least they're playing. Like it, the New York, the, the Hartford Wolfpack, we think the season will start in December. But all it takes is for this outbreak to continue and worsen and the league to be like, you know what? This is fucking dumb. And we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're done. The, the NHL already, you saw today a bunch of reports that they might do eight bubble cities and then they would rotate the teams as they played. Something like yeah, that. I don't, I don't, what, what, I don't I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about what the what the NHL will probably want to do when the season restarts in December because we're just so far away yeah. and there are too many variables that we don't understand We'll there. figure that out in a couple eight, months. Eight, eight rotating bubble cities doesn't make any sense to me. At that point, you might as well be trying to do what baseball is doing. And yeah. 
Well, baseball is not doing very well, by the way. Yeah, I, I think baseball. Yeah, I, they have four outbreaks now. Four. So five. Oh, okay. I missed one. Who did I miss? Marlins, Marlins, Phillies, Reds, Cardinals, Mets. Phillies is who I missed. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's that's it for Ranger news. Nothing else really on the horizon just yet. Still feels pretty surreal to have the first overall pick. Doesn't feel real just yet. I don't really. Uh, I don't really. It's kind of wearing worn off on me at this point, and I'm I'm just excited to get to the draft to see what else happens. We'll we'll be covering it as you guys know. So yeah, I I'm just firmly at the point now where it's nice that the playoffs are still happening. I'm happy that. A couple cities still get to watch some hockey, but I would like to simulate to the off season now. Yes, come on, yep. speed it up. Let's go. I need to be at the draft. Let's do some five star questions. Uh, if you want to leave a five star question, super easy. Go to iTunes, leave a five star review on our account, Blue Shirts Breakaway, and we will read it on the show. And then we will say uh, your question and answer it. All right, let's go for it. Uh, I- I'm Hoff at eleven. This is for uh, Gregory. It mm. says F Mary Kill. Okay. La- Lafreniere. Well, shout out, shout out to uh, too many men. Yep. That this is their segment. This we are is, not stealing. We are simply borrowing. This is their segment. Trademarked. Uh, Alexis Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere. Sorry. Uh, dollar mm-hmm. to Matt Spenley. Uh, Andreas Jimenez or someone named Weston McKinney. Oh, first of all, how dare you not know who Weston McKinney is? Who is that? He he's a U.S. <laughs> men's national team uh, central defensive mid who Southampton is trying to court and sign for themselves. Oh, okay. So an American might be playing soccer for my favorite soccer team. That would actually be pretty cool for you. Uh, with, the, with that said, I'm killing Weston McKinney because he's not, <laughs> he's not with the Saints yet. When, when he's, yes. You can ask me again when he Very signs nice. with the Saints, but for right now, he's the one I, I obviously kill. Uh, I think you got to marry Lafreniere here. Yeah, because I think it's going to be continued greatness forever. It's and a I think thing, yeah. Yeah, and with, with Jimenez, it, it's... It's unexpected. It's hot. It was a hot, it's steamy night. Yeah. But to be fair, though, I actually, you know what? I'm going to turn this on your head. As someone who has invested a lot of years in ownership of Andreas Jimenez's stock. You have. Because he's on my, he's on my slump. Dynasty, uh, fantasy team. Dynasty team. baseball, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually think I'm married to Jimenez here. And I'm, I'm going to, you know what? Same thing with Lafreniere, though. Unexpected. Hot. Balls are in play with that one. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Hey, very nice. Next question is yeah. from Joe Brancal. Been reading a lot of hypothetical offseason moves, and quote-unquote trade mm. Strom is mentioned in just about almost all of them. What does a uh-huh. Strom trade look like? Seems like the ceiling is a second or even third-round pick. I think it's a hockey trade, uh, if anything. Yeah, I don't... I don't think they're going to trade think... for a, a draft pick unless there's someone in the second round they're like, seriously love, and they want to get back in the second round, and the team is desperate for a center, and somehow would take Ryan Strom. Yeah, also... Ooh, I, I think specifically with the amount of money it would take to sign Ryan Strom to even a one or two year deal, it would have to be a dollar in dollar out trade because I don't know if you guys have heard, but the cap is staying flat and not a whole lot of teams have hmm. marketable cap, cap space to use. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think the only player, the Rangers currently roster that I can see them trading in a futures trade is Georgiev. I think everyone else will be used in a quote-unquote hockey trade in some way, shape, or form. Right. D'Angelo, you'd have to – if you're moving D'Angelo out, you'd want to bring back a left-handed defenseman in. If you're moving Strom out, I think he's part of a larger package that either brings you a left-handed defenseman or a center in return. I, th- I think all these guys are hockey trades. I, I And I think, if anything, if draft picks are involved, it's the Rangers attaching the Carolina pick to one of these guys. Like – 
Would would Minnesota trade Jonas Brodeen for Ryan Strom in the Carolina pick? I don't think we have any reason to believe that Bill Guerin is not capable of making that deal. I, that that guy, <laughs> he he probably take advantage loves of the he's DMs you can take advantage it. of. You got to do it. I, I think he's going to hear this podcast and he's going to be like, you know, I haven't thought about. He's that. a loyal listener. That seems so really good. Shouts to Bill Guerin. Uh, yeah, he st- he jumped on when we started talking about the '94 Cup run in the Devil Series, and now he, I, why he's hanging <laughs> around still it really strange. makes me think. Calls me every day too. Really nice guy. Uh, so Rob, the next question is from Rob thirty one seven nine three, fellow Maris alumni here. Hey, go Red Foxes! I think. Hey, shout out to the fifteen kids that got suspended because they're idiots and threw an off-campus party it, despite signing a contract with the school that said they wouldn't do such. Did a that thing. happen at Maris already? Oh yeah, yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> That is actually the news story I was working on and why I hadn't talked to you all day because that story uh, is what happened. I Again, we've talked about this before. I'm not going to go on a big spiel about this. I feel for those kids. I know for a fact that I would have wanted to throw a party of that size in my senior year as well. And it sucks that you're going to go through an entire senior year of college where you're basically not going to be able to have big-ass parties and go to bars and all that good shit. At the same time, be smart. Just be like, smart. It's not a, it's not – you got to do your part. And maybe don't throw an off-campus party in those small-ass fucking houses with 15 people not wearing masks. Like, use your head. Come on, guys. Question from this uh, from Rob. If the Rangers were to offer sheet a player like Barzal, Sorelli, Sergachev, would they have to worry about the Islanders slash Lightning offer sheeting a player like Kako, Heedle, Fox down the line? Good question. That's a good question. Uh, no. And here, here's why. First of all, the NHL is not smart enough to be uh, retaliatory. And and second, <laughs> I mean, you, it's funny because like it's, it's almost dumb that you said that, but I kind of believe you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, they probably. But, would. Al- but also, look, if if Kako and um, Lafreniere and Fox, if all these, you shouldn't be letting them get to restricted free agency in the first place. Like, don't let those situations happen. You can avoid those situations if you're the New York Rangers. They're called extensions. You've done them before. Like, you you don't. The easiest way to make sure another team can't poison pill you is by not allowing any of your good players to get to the situation where they could get poison pilled. It's that simple. Like if if you if the New York Rangers offer sheet bars all and they're honestly worried that the Islanders could come back with an offer sheet of their own for one of the young players further down the line, don't let them get to the point where they need to. Sign these guys to extensions before they reach restricted free agency. Yeah, it it, it does sort of feel like that, doesn't it? It's like Kako shouldn't even get to that point. They're, they should just be able to. Barzal shouldn't have gotten to this point. What are you doing? Yeah. What? Like, you, what, what's your problem, Islanders? Now, to be fair, the Islanders could announce an extension before restricted free agency opens up, and that's fine by them. But come on. These types of players shouldn't be restrict, reaching restricted free agency with these kind of questions hanging around them. No, they shouldn't. It's, it's ridiculous. They next, shouldn't. Next question is Ranger, from Ranger Fans Rock. Uh, hey guys, you guys are awesome. Keep doing the great work. What do you think it will take to get Hurdle versus what do you think it takes to get Eichel? Thanks. Uh, it'll cost significantly less to get Hurdle, that's for sure. Yes, um, but I don't know how much less. Uh, so it, I would say significantly less. Like, I think you can get Hurdle without trading Heedle. Really? You do? I feel, yeah, I feel like Heedle's sort so. of like the centerpiece of that trade. I don't know. I don't think so. You think Kraft's think... off plus? Uh, off plus plus, but but yeah, I I think the Sharks are in a weird spot because yeah they are <laughs> they're they're not they're not quite in a position where they should strip it all down and rebuild, but they're also not quite in a position where they should assume that they're going to be this 
juggernaut of a team for years to come. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're in a like, in theory, they should still be a playoff team. But then again, they weren't a playoff team this year, unless they address their goaltending in a meaningful way. I it, it's going to be hard to believe in anything that the San Jose Sharks do. But the thing is, the San Jose Sharks have put themselves in a situation where they can't really let their foot off the gas. They have Carlson locked up. They have Kane locked up. You have Hurdle. You have you have to worry about another contract for LeBanc. It's it's like it's kind of a mess in San Jose, and I, I don't know how they get out of it. So I think I think San Jose is a team. There's that's the thing. I can't really call them a smart team anymore because you look at their payroll right now, and it's like you should have seen this coming a little bit there, Chief. Uh, but they're they're not a team. I don't think you can take advantage of. So a hurdle trade, it, it's tough, but it's definitely less than. Eichel. Eichel feels that's, like you got to throw the house, and even then, like it's been poo-pooed so much at this point that uh, I I don't think the Rangers would find a deal they feel suitable to trade for Eichel. Well, the the funny thing about an Eichel trade is the only way an Eichel trade happens is if Eichel himself asks for a trade, right? If which, he forces it, right? If he forces the trade, that means you can actually get Eichel for less than you assume. But if you're trying to think of it from a today standpoint. And what you'd have to offer the Buffalo Sabres in order to get them to even think about trading Jack Eichel, it is significant. I uh, next question is hi guys. Uh, this is from Michelle N. Uh, hey guys, hope you're doing well. And I've recently been getting more into hockey, and I, but so I wasn't paying too close of attention to what happens when a new team enters the league, like when Vegas came into the team. Shout out to Oscar Lindbergh. Wonder what Oscar's up to these days. Uh, can you explain who will, who you think will be available for Seattle to take, and what does it take? What does that do to us in terms of money slash cap space? I've looked at a couple mock drafts. I don't know if you've done this, um, Gregory. Just, you know, look at a couple articles. Uh, it seems like everyone tries to take Brett Howden. Like, that seems... There's a lot of Brett Howden and a lot of Lieber Hayek. Yes. Those are the two that are like the really popular like takes. And I, I think, and I'm going to be, uh, uh, this is a new segment called Being Nice to Brett Howden. Uh, sponsored by nobody. The Brett Howden is only 22. So he does have some room to develop, and he can be a suitable player in your bottom six. Will he become a lot better? I'm unsure. Could he become valuable on the PK in the future? Yeah, maybe. But if that's a player you can get for quote-unquote free in an expansion draft, I think he's pretty tantalizing comparatively to the rest of the options the New York Rangers have. A lot of people are uh, exempt here. Uh, legally speaking, mm -hmm. I would love to say that the New York Rangers have been Brett Howden's own worst enemy. I would love to say that it's not Brett Howden's fault that he's been asked to play a level of hockey he was not prepared for. I would love to say that he has been put in advantageous positions to develop his own game at the NHL level, unlike some other players the New York Rangers have brought up. I would love to say all those things, Ryan, and make that point clear. However, I am legally obligated to simply state that Brett Howden is a man rocket and that he can get it. <laughs> i don't know why i fell for that so hard but you really the setup was perfect congratulations i don't know what you're talking about i merely only said that brett howden is a man rocket and that he can get it straight facts uh the next question is it, it is it is <laughs> I, I wish i could say more i really do i i really wish i could say more about brett howden but legally required to only say that he is in fact a man rocket and that he can welcome get to be nice to brett howden week Everyone go out and tweet <laughs> exactly what Greg just please, said. 
Please don't. Yeah, no, you, you you are allowed to tweet what I have said. Don't tweet anything else yes. in regards to Brett Howden. Because legally speaking, I can only say that he is a man rocket and he can get it. Okay, everyone out there is listening to this show. If anybody tries to have a conversation with you about Brett Howden, you are, Can't all, do it. you are only allowed to respond with, he is a man rocket and he can get it. It. These are the rules. And, and you, I, and I didn't, you, I didn't if, make them. I'm if just abiding by them. If you want to be a little spicy... You could say before that, legally, comma, that's it. That's your only option. These are, these are the truths. Are and the we, truths. Have, we have talked about Brett Howden so much in this podcast that, legally speaking, we have to revert back to whatever our first initial takes were about Brett Howden. And it was <laughs> I love pretty how clear. our initial take of Brett Howden was, wow, a man He's rocket. a man rocket. He can get, he it. Can get it. Yeah. <laughs> where's, where's the lie? What you can't you he's, can't argue he's that a point. Straight he is a boy, man rocket. boy band, like, created in a lab for people to fangirl about just one of one of the people whichever one of the people most upset about all the articles being written about how new york city is dead is brett howden because he's a man rocket and he can get it that's it next is from grateful sparks um hey guys it's it seems like we're gonna be talking about offer sheets a beat a a beat a, a bit can you do an offer sheets for dummies explanation thanks uh yes i think it's pretty simple right well, I, the only thing you have to be aware of is there's an escalating scale in terms of how much it would cost your team in terms of draft pick assets in order to sign a significant player. Like right. with Matt Barzal, there's no point of talking about an offer sheet that is below the maximum allotment because the Islanders will match. And the maximum so, allotment is four of your first round picks. Right. But the like the, the Sorelli and Sergachev level, you're talking – about possibly offering those guys in the level that would cost you a first, a second, and a third. And these are all these all have to be your team's draft picks in the 2021 draft and beyond. So we're not talking about the New York Rangers possibly losing the number one overall pick in any offer sheet. And we're not talking about the New York Rangers losing the Carolina Hurricanes pick in any of these offer sheets. It is your draft picks beginning in the year following this offseason. So if the Rangers sign a player, the first year they will have this impact felt is 2021. Um, and there's a level in between, like the, the level that the Canadians tried to sign Ajo for last year, I believe that was two first-round picks. And silly Canadians, you offered too little. And that's why Sebastian Ajo is going to be a Carolina Hurricane for the next four years. Congratulations. But, yeah, the, all you need to know is there's a sliding scale. And the scale that we would be shopping at as New York Ranger fans starts around that first, second, and third third round pick scale in the 2021 draft. We have a lot more offer sheet questions coming, as you probably assumed. Uh, this Shocked. is this is from Travers M. I love the podcast. Listening to both both episodes every week. Praise be. Seriously, thank you so much for the support. Grew up a massive Ranger fan. Has been living in Texas for four years. Have grown to also be a Stars fan as well. Any chance? So you, you didn't just say that this is Michael Silver's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Silvers. Any chance, <laughs> any, any chance? That's a real niche in your Twitter joke. He's going to love that. Um, uh, any chance? Well, you said this is from Silver. Was this Travers M that said yeah, this? Yeah, it's just Travers. It's not Silvers. It's, no. it, it, it could it, be it him. Is, though. It could be him. It is. It's though. probably not, though. Um, any chance you could get a da- a, your Dallas counterparts on to see what Zubov means to the upcoming Jersey retirement? Also, what they would give up for Georgiev in, in the case uh, their goalie walks this year? Thanks. We've it's been a while since we had Sean Shapiro on. We could I, the stars are still in the playoffs. Yeah, so we're gonna Sean's let Sean do his thing. Up. Yeah, yeah. 
They're, you know, they, the off season though, it's, it's worth talking about. Absolutely. Um, next question is from lightning fire 90. Hey guys, was just wondering if you were able to offer sheet Barzal, would you also, would you offer sheet? Oh, if you were unable to offer sheet Barzal, sorry. Would you offer sheet Sergachev? Should only be giving up a first and a third, if I'm not mistaken, if the salary is between five and eight million, uh, and trade for Eichel. Yeah, we'd love to do all this stuff, Paul. Also, are, are, are there any other centers on your target list that the Rangers cannot get Barzal, Eichel, or Sorelli? Please keep up with the great work, Paul. Um, I saw who's the center that well, you I saw said. Me? You said Hurdle's name today. There's yeah, one. Hurdle's definitely one. Uh, of them. Who was uh, the what person that brought up the Blues? I think Rob Lurker, who's well. That's Vin, Vince. Vince Dunn is the guy that a lot of people are talking about with the Blues. Left-handed defenseman. Yep. Would be great to have Vince Dunn. Uh, Vince's Dunn charts are very nice. Not that I know much about him. I've never really watched him play. Charts extremely nice. So yeah, I mean it. It sure sounds like, especially if the Blues are trying to keep Petrangelo, that Dunn is going to be an unfortunate cap casualty for them. And the New York Rangers should be invested in two types of players, right? Cap casualties and good players. So when you can combine those two together, sounds perfect. And if Lundqvist retires out of some magical, mystical way to go play with his brother, the Rangers have a good amount of money to go play for cap casualties. I I believe the legal term is a heap. Um, I've seen some people talk about Sean Moynihan, uh, from the flames. I'm not a fan. I don't think that would make a ton of sense. I mean, I've, we've, we once upon a time heard a lot of people talk about Brock Besser, not a fan there either. Wouldn't really want to go down that Avenue. I know I'm doing a pretty poor job of saying who the Rangers should target. I'm basically just saying who the Rangers shouldn't target. I think the um, Rangers are, are going to try and get the best deal possible. I, I think we're, we'll, maybe we'll do a deep, a deep dive into available centers or people we think are available in the next couple of weeks. But I think the, the people that we've talked about so far, Hurdle uh, and a couple other centers, are really the people we go for. I, even then, they, still, they all feel like pipe dreams, right? Like nothing feels like it's, it's tangible or close. I you, know like- what, you, know what's an, you know what's a different one that I wonder if the teams would consider it? And it's not like the Rangers and the Hurricanes haven't talked trade before. And it would be funny if the Rangers did it two years in a row where they traded their first, the first-round pick they acquired from a team back to that team. I wonder if the Hurricanes would talk about Vincent Trocek again. Yeah, you like Trocek. I do wonder. I love Trocek. Yeah. And I, I wonder, it's, he's already under contract uh, at a really reasonable rate. He does a lot of the things you would want that kind of player to do for what he's paid. I it's wonder kind of if funny you could... because you traded Brady Shea there, and now they might have some cap issues because of that. No, they have money, don't they? I have to look. They, they're, they're not up again. They're, they're a team that doesn't have, really have a lot of people to pay. So they don't really have cap issues. But I, I do wonder if you could pull a Winnipeg Jets with the Hurricanes and dangle that first-round pick and talk about Vincent Trocek again. That'd be interesting. Um, this next question is from Ian. I'm so sorry, Ian. Ian Stadilius? Stadilius? You know, just for Whatever it is, it's not that. It's, That's not, all it's not that. Ian, I'm sorry. You know what I'm trying to do here. It's going to be great when it's Ian instead. <laughs> if Keandre Miller comes over this year, we sign Sergachev and uh, pick up. Oh, uh, yeah, this is a different question. Wow, we sign Sergachev and pick up a center like Sorelli, and we lock up. Are we a lock for the first in the Metro? Also, where is no? Ev- no we're not. Where is the evidence that the Rangers are using Lafreniere marketing as a tool, as a marketing tool? P.S. I love what Greg says. Poison pill when talking about Barzal offer sheet. It sounds so devious. Let's squeeze them for everything they got. Um, we. I, <laughs> Uh, we know some people that are season ticket holders and they've been reached out to, uh, and they've talked about Lafreniere on those calls. Um, yes. 
Exactly. And we also know that the New York Rangers have been marketing, having the first overall pick a lot. Even if you want to take Lafreniere out of the conversation, the New York Rangers have made a point to show people that they have the number one overall pick. So it'd be really weird if uh, they all of a sudden decide to trade that big old marketing chip, especially during a time when they're trying to get people to spend money on the team where money might not be as readily available as it used to be. Um, yeah. I, I, and again, like we said on this podcast before, the, the, the capital another team would have to give up in order to get the number one overall pick so is much. going to make trading for the number one overall pick an impossibility. So much. Next question is from Ranger Gooner, and then we have two long. I just questions. also just okay. also want to point out, poison pill is not original to us. No, not and at that all. is a long, a long time NBA term. Big time. that we are trying to bring to the NHL. Big time. Uh, three, three more questions. This one's short, and the next two are rather long. So it's from Ranger Gooner. Great show as always, guys. Choose your nightmare Stanley Cup champions: the Islanders or the Flyers under Vigneault. Both scenarios are just as awful to think about. I'm not sure which fan base would be more annoying after the after the aftermath. I live in Philadelphia now, and I'm still going to pick the Flyers. You mean the Islanders? You I, made it sound like you were going to pick the Islanders. I'm going to pick the Flyers. I'd rather them win than the Islanders. Oh, no, you're an idiot. Philly doesn't deserve success. Philly deserves pain and suffering. I knew we'd – I just hate the Islanders so much. They're my number I one just don't care team. about the Islanders. I think – I've said this before. I think the meanest thing you can say about another I don't even think about you. Being <laughs> is I don't think about you. You mean nothing to me. Right. And that's basically what I, how I feel about the Islanders. Like, I get that Islander fans hate Ranger fans and despise the Rangers. I feel nothing about the Islanders. Good for them. Do not care. If it makes Barzal all the more likely to leave because he doesn't have to chase a cup with that team, I'd even encourage it. I don't want Elaine Vigneault to be fucking happy. I want him to be as miserable as I am on a daily basis. <laughs> That's fair. This next question, two more left. Uh, from JB1258. Hey, guys, love the show. Keep up the great work. Let's get to top 10 in Sweden. We're working on it. That should have been one of Ryan's promises for calling the hockey gods in draft. I guess so. I'm sorry. Anyway, lots of interesting talk about offer sheets and trades, but I'm wondering who you think the best defensive defensive defenseman in the NHL today, or who do you think they're the best defensive defenseman in the NHL today? Hedman? Uh, <laughs> Still up there? Yeah, Hedman. I mean, the one that I have thought about the most and have talked about the most recently is Jonas Brodeen, who yeah. doesn't get nearly enough credit. He, this person just uh, that this, he deserves. This question follows up also with are any of those guys a trade trade offer or potential tr- potential trade ships right now or offer sheet guys? Well, I got news for you about Jonas Brodeen. Yes. Uh, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, I... I oh, I, well, baseball, I, I, I stopped reading because it is long. It says, set aside other defensive you have talked about already. Sergeyev and Brodeen. Ah, fuck. Then I'd probably just go headman out of... Uh, yeah, same. But... Yeah, you know what stinks? It, it's, it's tough with hockey. I don't think I could name, like, the clear top five defensive defensemen off the top of my head. Like, I could name, like the five best power hitters in baseball. It's different because like you have to, you could kind of tell the top five power hitters in baseball because you could watch gifts very quickly of their sweet home run swings slash look at the stat line. I kind of get a feeling of exactly who a player is just by that. But when you want to talk about defense, there's not really an easy way to do it. Like you have to like study the tape and watch the games for you to really know. And there's so much hockey to be watching. And really I, I cover the Rangers. So they're most of what I watch when they're on. Yeah. And it's, as as much as I love all of the advanced metrics that are out there, and I think they're all important to try to better understand the game that you are watching on a nightly basis, there, there's almost like no consensus sometimes 
with how one guy views a certain player and how another, like, um, Michael McCurdy might feel one way about a certain defenseman and his numbers may show one thing and evolving wild has a completely different method to the same player and they don't automatically see eye to eye with each other. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I will say Hedman because I don't think anyone can make fun of me for saying Hedman and not right. someone else. And I don't think there's like a guy pretty much the rest of the question is like, could those, that top guy be acquired? Like Brodeen's available maybe not available but we'll, be, we'll, well Brody Brodeen's available because of his contract he only has one year left on it right. because he plays for a dumb organization in Minnesota and because we're confident that that dumb organization doesn't appreciate how good Jonas Brodeen is right so it's 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 hard to find someone that meets all three of those criteria with Dale Talon not in the league anymore it's going to be hard it's tough to take advantage of there. teams last questions from Chris and Florida Frequent question asker. Kako, his name is Kako Praise B24. Uh, very long question, so I'm going to read it. Fantastic job as always. Here's my question, and then after is my new BSB OT idea. One, Uh-oh. which would you rather do? Put Hedl at 2C and trade Strom, and then sign someone like Derek Broussard, Trevor Lewis, or Jason Spezza on a one year deal, and then uh, get a big center the next year if, if needed, considering the cast base? Or would you rather go for Sorelli and uh, target a number two C for the future now? I guess. Uh- I, it really I, well, depends. It depends on so many different circumstances here, Chris. Like, well, I, I don't think it depends. I think if you it, have an opportunity to get Anthony Sorelli, you need to go get Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, I just don't think, like, when talking to Matthew Estevez on the show last week, I don't think that's going to be an option. He's, sure. He scared me with his confidence, to be totally honest. I would love Sorelli to be on the Rangers. He seems like a player that this team desperately needs. You know, Arvin comes up in, uh, in a couple minutes here, talks about the Leafs are a bad defensive team, offensive and defense, like both sides of the players. Sorelli would be a player that would really shore that up for players like Kako in the future. So I would love to get someone like that. If that was on the table, you have to get him. No doubt about it. But I think I'd, I'd really like to see Hedl at 2C next year. It's, I think it's time. I really do. I, I, but I'm, I'm worried they want to put him at wing for some reason, and I'm not sure. Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to put him at wing now, mostly because... Too many wings. You're getting another one. Yeah, you have you, too many wings. Uh, our breakout, our actual BSB idea too many is wings. too many wings. Too many wings. We're, we're just going to – the um, Sarah, Allison, and Shana are just going to bring us on for five-minute segments each each week on Too Many Men, and it's just going to be the two of us doing something Too Many Wings related. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's it's perfect. We have They don't know what's happening yet, but they'll figure it out. As soon as it happens, they'll be like, oh, I get it. Too many wings. Yeah, we get it. Uh, this is still from uh, Chris from Florida. This is his 90, uh, 90s idea or whatever. Uh, BSBOT. Love the 94 Rewatch podcast. I have an idea about the another BSBOT series subject if you'd like. How about an in-depth discussion or deep dive into the years following the 94 Cup win? What happened the following years through Gretzky covering over the trip to the fi- conference finals in 97? How about a dark, the dark years when the Rangers didn't make the playoffs until uh, post-lockout? The dark years gave us such things as the, the Czech Posse line of Nedved, Halvac, and Dorvac. I'm, I'm killing this. Messier going to Vancouver. Uh, Halav- uh, Jan Halavak. You, yeah. you, and it's, it's Radic Dvorak. I think so you remember those names. Chris, and you put some respect on both Chris, of them. Chris knew what he was doing here. Messier going to Vancouver, then returning, uh, and then uh, pretty much going through the rest of the decade here. Is that something we would like to do? Maybe this is a project for the offseason, and I'm unsure. Uh, Chris ends this, by the way, but keep up the great work. Can't wait to see Laf and Kako in the Rangers uniforms together. Praise be. Um, yeah, let's do. I think, but we've, what we've discussed on the, the, the 94 rewatch series, and we really liked doing it. It was super fun, but it's hard to go through the sad times. 
It really is. I think it would be interesting to do sort of a, a general overview history. And maybe that's something we, we can eventually do, Gregory. Like, how did we get here? How did the things, how did we get to 2020? But going in depth and going through all the sadness is really not as fun as it sounds. I think I'd much rather, like, if you want something like that, what I'd rather do is just, like, every BSBOT, not starting this week, because I'm literally thinking about this as I spit it out of my mouth. Right. Might be interesting to go back and just review Rangers trade trees. Like, if you really want to go down to how did we get here, I don't really care about the Rangers stinking it up, but the individual players that may have stunk it up and all the things that happened to them. Like, maybe maybe we spend one episode just talking about that Zubov Nedved trade tree. I think that's and a, how not only did it suck in the so moment, easy. yeah, not only did it suck in the moment, but here's how it sucked hereafter because of what happened to Ulf Samuelson and Luke Robitaille after this trade and so on and so forth. So like maybe, maybe we'll start doing some trade trees from the nineties and two thousands, some stuff that we find very interesting. I think that's, that's an idea. I don't, I don't think anyone wants to hear about our thoughts on the 1995 New York Rangers. Cause I can explain them to you right now. They sucked. And then they made some horrific long-term trades after that season, trying to stop the suck that actually made them suck more. Uh, that's it for uh, this. So we're going to go to Arvind, um, and he's going to talk to us about Maple Leafs. And before we do that, we have some words from our sponsors. And here we go. Transition. Hey, it's Ryan telling you why there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of the up to $100 million in an instant giveaways, all you have to do is download the app and sign up using promo code QUICK, then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it's really that easy to claim $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. While top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize for at least $5 upon entering. Uh, while you're in, in the app, don't forget to check out all the great odds, boosts, and promotions DraftKings Sportsbook is offering every day to celebrate this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code QUICK to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code QUICK to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 year older, New Jersey only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details gambling problems call 1-800 gambler and our sponsor today is also manscaped have and they have you covered to keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and feelings fully supported manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels oh did you hear that that's the moose asking for manscaped the premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof includes a led light and is made with advanced skin safe technology which reduces nicks and cuts of your delicates. You can get the trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Yes! Both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you offer the Perfect Package Kit, you can get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxers. So you need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at Manscaped Oh, I'm sorry. The Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code The Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping 
at manscaped.com. Use the Athletic 20. The Athletic 20 for the moose to the caboose. Always use the right tools for the job. Back to the show. Hey, we're back. And we have our good friend Arvin, who's from Pension Plan Puppets. He's been a recurring guest on the show and our Leaf expert friend. Arvin, how are you today? I'm doing uh, as well as one can possibly be doing in the circumstances of 2020 as a year. Do you consider the Leafs existence a circumstance of 2020? <laughs> the Leafs uh, existence is a circumstance since 1967, I suppose. I think that's the correct way to go about it. I, I guess right off the rip, like, you know we got the number one overall pick, right? So we're right. looking forward to this dynasty or, or the Ranger fans are going, getting super excited to have all this talent. And the, let's be honest, the Leafs legitimately have a ton of talent. What's it like going into a season covering a team that has, like, ridiculously high expectations and to have, like, almost everything go wrong the entire season? Oh, like, a Zamboni driver beat the Leafs? Yeah. The, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, like, they they swapped coaches like analytics, there's so much that has happened. You know, I mean, COVID nineteen with Austin Matthews. Like everything happened to the Leafs this year. What was the roller coaster of covering that team like? It was probably the least fun season to be a fan of the team since um, what I would characterize as the turnaround. Which uh, I would say, like, even and this is including the year where we finished last, because the year where we finished last, we knew we were bad, right? And in a sense, the rebuild is, is a lot more fun than when you're trying to win because there's no expectations, right? It's just the team was bad, but they played hard. They played tough. They weren't an easy out. Um, they got the first overall pick, which was amazing. We had uh, Nylander coming through. We drafted Marner the previous year. We got Austin Matthews. Everything was hunky-dory. Everything looked great. Um, and this year was, as I said, inarguably the worst year um, since that time in terms of just how it was as as a fan. And that's because the, the way that the Leafs fan base is and the media is, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this as, as fans of the New York sports team, is that every game, every news item, every story becomes a referendum about the state of the team. And what does this mean for person X or person Y or this philosophy or everything, right? It just becomes very overwrought and overbearing. Um, and especially... You know, when it was as tumultuous a season as, you know, as it was, as, as you alluded to, there was a lot of stuff going on, even pre-pandemic, the, the coaching change, uh, the the trade of Nazem Kadri, who is, you know, a fan favorite uh, for Tyson Berry, who came in with a lot of expectations and proceeded to hit absolutely none of them. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was it was tough to um, be a fan of from a content creator perspective. There's always stuff to talk about. So I guess there's some good in that. But uh the one thing I would say to you guys is kind of the Rangers are, are in many ways in a position similar to what the Leafs were in a, a couple of years ago, right? Where you may be kind of playoffish appearance, a bit ahead of schedule, got the superstar, got the high draft pick. This is the fun part. The part where you have expectations is a lot tougher. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it becomes a lot tougher because now all of a sudden you get the first overall pick and then you have to hope your Zamboni driver doesn't beat you at home. Um, yeah. No, no, oh God, that, that was, that was, I mean, maybe that wasn't rock bottom. I, I'm sure I can think of times where I was more mad to be a Leafs fan, but that was pretty close to it. It was awful. I is I have to ask: Is he still with the organization? I believe so. I mean, that's incredible. No, no need to fire the guy. <laughs> it's not his fault. What? Every right? single day, he, I would be like, "That guy's a legend." Like every time I walked in, I oh, would yeah. I curse him out nonstop. Yeah, I, I mean, there was um, I guess a 
speaking of what I was talking about, about you know everything being overwrought and overbearing in Toronto, the next day, uh, I think the Leafs had an optional practice and only a handful of people um, came out and William Nylander was one of them. And, and he was apparently chatting to David Ayers uh, before the game or before the practice rather and just mm. like, you know, messing around, joking with him. And everyone's like, not everyone, but a portion of the Toronto media was like, this is why you can't win with William Nylander. It's like, what's he supposed to do? Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I, I, I it's embarrassing. It. It's embarrassing for the team, but should he like just punch out David Ayers the next time he sees him or something? Like I don't get it. The, it's Toronto media. It's almost <laughs> New York is weird, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast specifically, and we've, we've talked about it on Twitter too. New York is weird because it has this persona as being a really difficult media market for all of their sports teams. But in reality, the New York Rangers get to basically do whatever they want, and it's kind of carte blanche. They don't really get pressed at all. It's kind of accepted that they are what they are, and everybody just loves them. But getting, being a baseball fan first, for the most part, I, I'm not breaking any news by saying that, it's just really funny to watch everything that happens in Toronto because that's as, that's as close to anything that is like the New York Mets coverage of the media than I can find in anything else. The the way everything is dissected, everything you said about the Maple Leafs, I thought you were just talking about the New York Mets, if I closed my <laughs> eyes for a second. And it would be, it, the Mets, are the Mets they, they find the joke every two seconds. And that's kind of what got me to this next point that I was going to make. In my head, going into this playoffs, I thought every team would use the same excuse if they don't perform, that it's, four-plus months off a layoff, no games in between, all of a sudden all getting thrust into a playoff-like atmosphere with just one quote-unquote exhibition game going into it. And that I, I thought everyone would use that excuse if they performed poorly. And yet here we go with Toronto where there's no excuses. They shouldn't have played that way. The sky is falling. Is Sheldon Keith the man? Are they going to trade everybody? We've heard Jonathan T John Tavares' name in trades. We've heard, you name it, it's existed. And quite honestly, my question is, should I have expected anything else? No. I mean, the, the Leafs are always going to take um, the path of most angst for, for, for their fans. So I, I don't know any Leafs fan who was really that optimistic about this team. Um, and the loss to Columbus was, I mean, there's no good way to lose a playoff series, right? Like no. the, the reality is no matter how you lose a playoff series, it sucks. I think the uh, Rangers, the way by the way, it. did the best way of losing a playoff series this year. If there was a yeah, way to lose a playoff yeah. series, we did it. Yeah, get, yeah. get swept, not be competitive, and then get the number one overall pick. That's the yeah. only way you can lose a playoff series. Yeah, don't give them any, don't give your fans any hope. Um, but yeah, but the, then the give least... your fans all the hope. That, that, it's <laughs> it's that second part. That is really important, I've learned. Yeah. So with the Leafs' loss in the playoffs, it's obviously a gigantic bummer. I, I think part of the reason the team isn't making excuses is, is because they would be completely laughed at if they did, right? They're, as much as it's a weird situation, it's a weird situation for everyone. Um, the Leafs, in terms of how they played against Columbus, I would say they were the better team in the series, but this is hockey. That doesn't mean that much. And, you know, you're facing a team like Columbus. You know what they're going to do, and... You, it's on you to essentially give yourself enough margin to withstand a bit of a goaltending differential if that happens, and the Leafs didn't do that, right? So there's absolutely a universe where the Leafs win this series, but 
you know, taking a step back, you know, our goal coming into this year as a Leafs fan, it's not to win a series. It's this team should be a contender by now. And I don't think you can really look at this team the way they played against Columbus and, and say, this team is a contender. Could they have won that series? Yes. Could they have maybe pushed Tampa? Yes, possibly. But it, it doesn't look like they're one of the best teams in the league, right? It just doesn't. Um, so I think that's where basically the pessimism is coming from because it's essentially been four years of pretty similar results where we're not quite the best in the division. Uh, we're not a bad team. We're, I think, a, a decent, pretty good team, but we're not elevating ourselves into the the realms of the Bostons, the Tampa Bays, the Vegases, um, the Colorados of, of the, the league. And uh, Toronto, not exactly the media market where you can just be good enough to make the playoffs like you could and say, like, if you're the Florida Panthers, you would mm-hmm. trade the last four years in a heartbeat with the Maple Leafs, and you would, we would, we'd probably be painting them as a success. But because yes. it's Toronto, we, we can't do that. So a referendum is coming, Arvin. Where does it begin? Where, what, what's, what's problem number one? What's problem number two? Okay, so uh, I'll say this to start. It, there's all, you mentioned, you alluded to a lot of talk about, okay, trade everyone. I'll, I'll say the three people who I will, you know, bet my life savings are not getting traded, at least not this offseason, are Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Martin. And for Austin Matthews and John Tavares, I will say they're not getting traded over the life of their contract. Um, Marner maybe might, but it's definitely not having this happening this offseason. Kyle Dewis came out and gave a pretty much a leave Britney alone type of speech about, you know, stop criticizing Mitch Marner, um, which he had to do after he overpaid the guy by $2 million. But that's neither here nor there. So you, you ask what the biggest problem with the Leafs are, and you take a step back and look at it over the course of the season, and... Um, over the past few seasons, it's been defense. Their team defense was not good enough. Uh, this past season, under Sheldon Keith, their defense got better, but, you know, better means it was around league average. And what really let them down was goaltending. Now, Frederick Anderson has another year left on his contract. Um, it's a bit of a tenuous situation there because we're probably not going to want to resign him afterwards, but if you trade him now, you're potentially giving up another year of Austin Matthews and John Tavares, and you're betting on whichever goaltender you're able to find now. That's not necessarily a great bet. So that's a bit of a iffy thing. But number one problem for most of these fans will, is always seen to be the defense. Um, and I should actually be more specific there, because I don't just mean the defensemen. I mean the skater defense as well, the forward defense as well. That's the fundamental problem with this team uh, on the ice. Their defense, both from their defensemen and their forwards, is not good enough. And the biggest problem here for the Maple Leafs specifically is with the flat cap, the amount of space the Leafs have to address these options are few and far between, which is what led you and I on Twitter to have a conversation about a William Nylander trade. Now, I know he's not a guy you want to trade. I know you love him very dearly. But if it, if a William Nylander trade is ever going to happen, this is the offseason it feels like it happens. Right, I'd say either this or next. Right, I, I feel like Kyle Dubas has one more run it back bullet, right? Where he can say, "Okay, we're, you know, we're going to get a full training camp with Keith. We're going to run these guys back. I believe in them. I trust them. I'll, I'll make some changes to address the defense, and then we'll go again." Um, and if it doesn't work next year, then I think one of the the core four, as they're called, has to go. Or not has to go, but one of them will go because I think Dubas is going to be managing for his job at that point. Um, if if we get to a situation where that happens, what I think is more likely this off season is 
the third line gets shoveled. So that's, as it currently stands, Andreas Janssen, Alexander Kerfoot, and Kasperi Kapitan. They're all decent middle six players who are making in the $3 million range. They're not bad contracts, but, you know, you're not crying yourself, or you're not, like, you're not singing tears of joy, or singing tears of joy. You're not crying tears of joy for having them on your team at that deal. I mixed my metaphors there really badly, but they're okay, not terrible contracts. Um, but the reality is the Leafs are capped out, right? Uh, Dubas had a quote in the kind of exit interviews where it's like, oh, we're actually not capped out. And that was just a lie with they are capped out. Um, so, you know, any, any trades or any additions that they make to the back end pretty much has to be dollar in, dollar out. And those are the guys who, you know, you can trade who are not the stars. So, yeah, it, you know, you're not getting Jacob Truba, just to pick a name, right, as a kind of someone who's traded as a top pair D recently. Um, you're not getting Jacob Truba for a package centered around Kasperi Kapanen, right? You're, you're shopping at a lower end of the market at that point. So I think the most likely scenario is at least move out one or two of those guys and they get some person who is going to be paid slightly above their head on the right side of the Leafs D. If they do move Nylander, they are going to want the move for him. Um, and it, it'll, I think, almost be a case where they're going to value him too highly to actually make a trade happen. So it, for that reason, I, th I think it's a bit unlikely they trade Nylander now. But, you know, he, he is undoubtedly the only tradable one. Not the only tradable, the most tradable one of those four forwards. And do you we think spend... Mar Marner's not the one of them because of the contract? Um, I think there's just been so much noise about how much the Leafs like Marner. Um, and I think part of this is there's rumors that Marner's camp, although not necessarily Marner himself, have always been a little bit insecure about his standing in the team relative to Matthews and Tavares, where they feel he should be put on that level. Um, of like, look, he is untouchable. He is our cornerstone. We are never moving in. We love the guy. And this, the Leafs have kind of made it known that they do, you know, they, they put that message out in the public that, hey, we do see Marner as this franchise cornerstone. That's why we gave him, you know, $11 million, which again, Marner's a great player. I don't want to be too negative on him, but it, it is an overpay. He's a great player who is overpaid. It happens. Um, so they put out all these messages that say, look, we love the guy. We're not moving him. Uh, and I'm inclined to take that at face value for now. The other thing is the contract makes it a bit tough because, especially in the flat cap world that we might be existing in just going forward, because you need a team with a lot of cap space who will take him back. And also Marner's deal is very signing bonus heavy. So you need a team that has a good amount of cash flow and especially in a post-pandemic world that limits the options. Very interesting. Greg, you were making yeah. a point. I cut you off. Sorry. I, w I wasn't, it wasn't much of a point, but it's, I mean, if we're talking hypothetical trades, between the months of October and February, I don't think I tried to team a team with a player more than I did Alex Georgiev and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Do, I, do, I, do I have reason to believe that is possible all over again? And could someone like Kasperi Kapanen be in play in a deal for a young goaltender who will cost about $3 million in his next contract i mean it, it's possible i i personally would not love a i would not want to use capitan to get georgiev specifically 
Um, mostly because I'm not entirely sold on Georgiev as, as a number one guy. I just, um, I just want to remind you that in November, all it would have taken was Bracco, and I wouldn't have said another word. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that would, that would have aged beautifully. Bracco is uh, – his star has, you know, fallen probably is not dramatic enough a word to describe his standing in the Leafs organization. It has, you know, plummeted to the core of the earth. Um, well, Lee Sanderson for Jeremy Bracco. That's the next thing I'm talking into. Yeah, uh, Jesus. Existence here. Yeah. So with the Urgib, I can see the Leafs being interested in a player of his type, right? As I mentioned, Anderson's in a bit of a tenuous spot. We probably don't want to keep him after this year, but, you know, as one of the few teams uh, who has had consistent goaltending for the past, however long Lungfist has been Lungfist, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it might be hard for you to appreciate how difficult it is to actually get that guy, right? Like, because the least before, you know, Anderson really just had a rotating cast of goalies who were, you know, decent one year. We had a good little run with James Reimer. Jonathan Bernier had some moments, but mostly they were crap. And the fear always is, you know, you swap out your goalie and then you guys sucks because goalies are just so random and so hard to predict unless you get a Lundqvist or a Luongo or someone like that, right? Just Durkin, so, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can see... Um, so if they want to move on from Anderson, a player like Georgiev is someone who they might want to target. A guy who potentially has that upside would initially probably come in as part of a tandem with Jack Campbell, who's our backup right now, um, and then kind of evaluate from there. The question is, is Georgiev specifically that guy? And I don't know the answer to that. Like I said, I wouldn't love a, a deal centered around Kapanen for him, primarily because, the Le as I said, the Leafs don't have many trade targets or trade uh, assets right? Uh, it's really just those three third-line guys. And Kapanen is probably the most valuable of those three third-line guys because of his age and because uh, it shouldn't matter because he was drafted six years ago at this point, but his draft pedigree as well. Um, so I don't want to waste that bullet on someone who I'm not convinced about. Well, the... you might be able to get him for much cheaper, to be honest. We will be, I have a good feeling that we'll be shopping Georgiev if if the right pieces are in play. And I, I, I imagine the Leafs could probably even do a draft pick and a prospect to the New York Rangers. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I was about to say. Because the, um, from my understanding, like, Yergev is, is the odd person out just in your team. So if you get anything for him, it's like, okay, I'm not, not literally anything, but you're not necessarily motivated to drive the hardest bargain possible and, you know, really try and squeeze a team here. If, if you get something for the guy, it's, it's you know, good business. It's all bonus at that point. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still don't know if he's the odd man out, though. It, the odd man out is Henrik Lundqvist, but since he's Henrik Lundqvist, he gets to decide how he leaves. Right. So I, it's, I think the Rangers want to go into next year with Shesterkin and Georgiev as their one-two. But I also think the Rangers are at least smart enough to know that they could get something for Georgiev, whereas Hank is either getting bought out or retiring and they're not trading Igor Shesterkin. So right. they What's, might as uh, well try to dangle the one piece they could get something for. When does Lundqvist's contract expire? Next year is his final year. Okay. Yeah, so so then, yeah. I, I, the, the goalie market is never as... It's very rare that goalies get traded for an absolute haul, right? They're, they're always a bit cheaper than you expect, I guess in part because it's so hard to predict them, right? So teams don't want to pay over the odds. Um so Gergiev is a guy I can see, you know, uh, the Leafs looking into. It, 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 as always, it depends on the valuation, but it's not, it, it, it's a trade 
target that makes sense given the potential directions that the Leafs might go. Um, of course, it does depend on whether they do decide to move on from Anderson now, and that would be a pretty bold call Arvin, if they did do that. Just a quick question and an aside. You know, you covered the team all year. It does feel like six years ago at this point that this happened, but didn't you hear Georgiev's name a ton at the trade deadline? Because that's all we heard. Uh, there's always been a lot of rumor baiting with Georgiev, but the Toronto media, it's it's hard to separate fact from fiction in a lot of cases, or mm-hmm. hard to separate like, oh, this guy theoretically makes sense from I'm hearing that this guy is a target of this team. So there was some discussion about Georgiev, especially because the backup position was such a tire fire this year. Um, the Leafs probably lost, you know, a handful of standing points just with how bad our backups were. Um, that's seemingly been addressed with Jack Campbell. So if they're acquiring Georgiev now, it would be as, you know, part of a tandem or as a starter, right? Uh-huh. Um, so that, I think, probably makes it a bit less likely because they have to be willing to move on from Anderson at this point in order to do so. Do you, do you think there would be a trade market for Anderson? I mean, we have a hard enough time coming up with trades for Georgiev that actually makes sense. And we're talking about a guy who is entering restricted free agency for the first time, probably won't make more than $3.5 million annually on his next contract. It, an acquiring team has the benefit of negotiating that next contract. Anderson, 31 years old. Is he making north of $6 million already? Uh, it's five. I think, five. Five. I think it's I think it's five flat, but I'd have to double check. Yeah, I, I mean, in a flat cap, it might as well be six at that point. It, but it, do you think if the Leafs wanted to move Anderson with veteran free agent goalies available, that'll probably cost probably in the same neighborhood as someone like Leonard, Holtby, Crawford? Do you think there would be a trade market for Anderson? I do, and the reason is you could treat Anderson like a rental. If you wanted to, right? So if, if you're, you know, if you're a, a decent team, you're like, hey, we can shore up our goaltending, or we want to get a better goaltender for this year, and you know, maybe we have a bridge to a prospect. Anderson could be the guy. Uh, Leonard and Holtby, for example, I think well, Holt, uh, Leonard for sure will want term, right? That was the reason he didn't uh, stay in New York. They offered him in, for the Islanders. They offered him like a very low-term deal, and he wanted more security. I imagine that will only be magnified with the uncertainty of the pandemic, where he he will want term. And a team might not want to give it to him. Uh, and I think that's that's true of you know some of the other guys too. Crawford is a fair bit older than Anderson. I think he's thirty five. Uh, I'm not sure how old Holby is. Yeah, Crawford Crawford's one of those guys. He's a sneaky old. I'm not sure how old uh, Braden Holby is, but Holby hasn't been good for a little bit. Anderson had a rough year this year, but years prior he's always been an above average NHL starter. So I oh absolutely my God. think Corey Crawford is thirty five. What the yeah. hell happened? <laughs> how did we get here? Uh, that yeah. honestly, Hope that 30, honestly by the way. Mel- melted my mind. I would have said 31, 32. Okay, so Holtby's 30. So yep. uh, slightly younger than Anderson, but has been, I think, m- you might have to double check on this, but I don't think Holtby's been very good for the past couple of years. Right? That was a good thing. He was good this year. He was or was not? Was not. He was not. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very easy decision for the Capitals to walk away from Holtby. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, so, yeah, long story short, I think there's a trade market for Anderson. Uh, if, if for nothing else, as a rental. But, you know, as I said, it's a bold move, right? Because if you're, you know, if you're Kyle Dubas and you trade Frederick Anderson, you know, you have to go down to the office the next day and tell Austin Matthews and John Tavares that, hey, we just traded the starting goalie, but this will somehow make us better this season, right? Because the least goal is to win now, right? It's not that we're going all in, you know, flags fly forever, you know, burn the boats, but... John Tavares isn't getting any better. 
and you don't want to take advantage of the time where he's still John Tavares. Can we interest you in a right-handed defenseman? Now, hear me out. Uh, de- <laughs> Depends on who it is. <laughs> it's not Jacob Trouba or Adam Fox. Okay. Uh, less interested. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I tried. <laughs> well, uh, I do. I, I, now, for the longest time in my life, I have been the on the New York Rangers are not trading Jacob Trouba for anything. Forget about it. No, not even worth talking about. But there is a little something there with Trouba and Nylander. It's the tiny. cash almost works out, but again, yeah, again it's, the Rangers How aren't going to trade. Uh, Trouba's making eight. Okay. So the the Leafs would have to add more salary to it in order to make it dollar in dollar out. But <laughs> also, the New York Rangers are not going to trade from a weakness to address a strength. Um, especially because now I, I say that knowing that the New York Rangers should and absolutely will dangle Tony D'Angelo to just about anybody that needs a defenseman specifically one that could put up points but what i what i mean is i don't think the new york rangers are going to trade a defenseman that they already have term with in order to get yet another winger when the new york rangers probably have a bit of an overload of wingers now if you consider lafreniere a new york ranger which you should yeah yeah absolutely and i mean i guess in principle you could play nylander at center um but the guy's a 30 goal nhl winger I, I think, you know, he, he, he sort of has elements of his game that are very center-like. He does dominate the puck. He's a really good uh, transition player, really good at zone entries and zone exits. And then those are kind of traits that we often typify with, with centers. But I think he, ultimately he's a winger, right? He's a very good one. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily make sense for me uh, to acquire him and play him at center. You know he's a very good winger. Acquire him for winger. And if you don't need wingers, then he becomes less attractive. Makes no sense. Uh, I think I'm good. Are any other questions, Gregory? Um, if you had to guess, what do you think the big Maple Leaf move this offseason is? Who's who's the guy that we're all going to be sitting around October, whatever date that these moves eventually happen, and we're all going to go, how the hell did Dubas pull that one off? Uh, I mean, I hate to disappoint you, but it's not that big a name. I think Kasperi Kapanen is gone, right? Um, I, I think he'll be traded for like, someone slash something. That will eventually let the Leafs get a Jake Muzzin light, effectively. Um, that, that's really the goal. That's all he could possibly get you. If Dubas can pull a rabbit out of a hat and turn him into something more than that, I'd be surprised and impressed. But I think that's the reality. The, the sneaky option, and I should clarify that I don't think this will happen. But if the Leafs are, I, I don't want to say like heavy into analytics, they might be in doing stuff that I'm not aware of and are, you know, a lot more advanced than what we have in the public. But the one guy on the Leafs who you might be able to get more for than uh, his on-ice value would imply based on what, you know, analytics and the kind of cutting-edge play-driving models say is more than right. Oh, I thought you were going to say Cody Cece for a second. He's a free agent. He's gone. Um, (laughs) But Morgan Riley is someone who I have kind of complex feelings about in the sense that he's... One of my favorite players as a like person, right? I really like watching him. He seems like a great guy. He, he's done a lot of great stuff in the community. Um, seems like one of the few hockey players who has a brain, which is nice to see. Um, Mary, or not Mary, but is dating Canadian icon Tessa Virtue, uh, which counts for something as well. Right. But the problem is he's just not that good on defense. He's a very, very good offensive defenseman, one of the best in the world. But he gives a lot of that back defensively. And if you're looking at a team that 
you know, it kind of exemplifies that exact style. Maybe you think, okay, this guy has a lot of value around the league because he puts up points and points get people paid and get, get people recognition. Can we move on from him and potentially get better? I don't think it will happen, but I think that's a question the Leafs should be asking themselves, and it wouldn't shock me if they can get a lot from him. That kind of train of thought, all I'm going to say is you stay away from Jonas Brodine. We've already called dips. You can't have <laughs> it, It's funny because Bro- Brodine is like the opposite of Riley, right? Like I think they're kind of similar players net, at least at 5-on-5. Five five. Riley provides significant power play value, but Brodine is just crazy good defensively, and Riley's crazy good offensively. They're like mirror images of one another. It's yeah. a shame we can't put them on a pairing together. Brodine, Brodine's heat map for what he does defensively, it's just hilarious to look at because the only place people get shot from are the top of the point on the side of the ice that Jonas Brodine doesn't play defensively on. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's your, only, your only chance of generating shot against a Jonas Brodine defensive pairing is by playing against whoever else is on the ice with Jonas Brodine. <laughs> yeah, you stay, you stay away. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to talk into existence here, and I don't, I don't want any part of that. Your silence speaks volumes, Arvind. Arvind, why don't you well, go I, ahead and, and – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Just, Minnesota seems like one of the teams that you can still kind of swindle nowadays, too. There's, there's fewer obviously dumb teams in the league now. Trust, oh, yeah. um, Trust I, me. I have, uh, I, I have a lot of faith in Bill Guerin not being able to judge his talent effectively. Former Ranger yeah, great exactly. got five years from them, Matt Zuccarello. So. Yeah, exactly. That was a different, that was a different GM, it, it was, but culture stays the same, you know? Well, it's also, like, why would they let that GM make that move and then fire him not that long later? Like, like, well, like six why, months or less, yeah, I think? Like, why are you letting him make five-year decisions if his rope is that short? Look, man, lizard tongues. Those things are crazy. <laughs> when, you, when you see one, you got to lock one down. That's all I'm saying. You got to get it done. Arvin, why don't you go ahead and plug everything you do? All right. So you can find my work at pantropanpuppets.com. Uh, myself and a writer there, Akin the Foodman, also have a Leafs podcast called Back to Excited, which is a very ironic name now because uh, <laughs> excited is not the word I'd use to describe my Leafs fandom. Back to Excited. Um, but we record a lot so so check us out there and uh thank you boys for having me on again it's always a pleasure absolutely a pleasure on our side too thanks so much arvin take care you too okay that's it for today's show you can always follow me on twitter at orion me you can follow greg at blue shirts break and we'll be back later this week doing a bsbot and if you missed that as you uh you might or you might tune in who knows we'll be back next tuesday as we have been for forever forever goodbye everyone